This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The federal NDP wrapped up their convention over the weekend. Hamilton, Ontario played host to the event. Michelle McQuig can offer some insight on the happenings. Michelle is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Hey, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Dave. So, Michelle, I know there's a couple in your mind. What are the big takeaways from the convention? Well, the big one for me is the fact that the NDP is planning to try and put the screws on the Liberal government over pharmacare. Mm. Uh, that was the big takeaway was that this was a, the priority that they really want to make happen. They actually held an emergency resolution on the matter. And uh, if you remember the confidence and supply agreement that they currently have with the Liberals is urging the Liberals, not urging, but is commits the Liberals to putting forward some pharmacare legislation this year specifically. Uh, this emergency resolution is really upping the ante on that. And they're saying that if the Liberals fail to do so, they can withdraw their support in the confidence and supply agreement and start treating each vote on a case-by-case basis, which, of course, is exactly why the government wants to avoid in the first place and why that agreement is in place. So that could be a pretty major development on the political scene yeah, if the, that were to come to pass. The, there's no doubt about that because the confidence and supply was supposed to last until about 2025. So if you're talking That's about right. 2024 turning into another year of utter uh, election speculation, that absolutely changes the way in which uh, Parliament will be operating. But also considering there are some public inquiries that are in the mix right now, like, like there's a lot of business going on in Parliament. So if something happened to slow down that business, I'm thinking about a national disability benefit for example uh that oh, could that just pick something totally at random yes. yeah that, that, <laughs> like that could really put some speed bumps at at a process because if because the, the the same thing happened in 2021 if they go to an election all that government business gets wiped off the table and you're back to square one exactly right so yeah the, the government is going to definitely be feeling pressure now i do, I, I, I can't I don't have any intel, any sources or anything on whether or not Pharmacare was part of their plan from the outset. Certainly, it's been talked about for some time, but if that was not high up on the priority list heading into the new parliamentary session that gets underway this week, then uh, then it's probably going to be moving up the list because yeah. this is they, – they really – especially given their polling numbers, right? We've seen a lot of evidence recently that – the wind is not at the Liberals' backs at the moment in terms of polling and public support. So it's definitely in their best interest to try and maintain that agreement if they can. It's also not really at the NDP's back either, based on that polling. The wind is at the back of no. one Canadian political party right now. So, yes, so, I, so I wonder how much appetite any of them have uh, for an actual election. Uh, Michelle, I did note that there was a, a vote here about the party's own confidence in their leader, Jagmeet Singh. He yeah, did, that was he, the other one that jumped out at me. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, so what jumped out to you there I, I can give the numbers by the way if you don't have them at your fingertips i think i do but please correct me uh my recollection is that during the last leadership review of jagmeet singh's leadership that was in 2021 i think he had about 87 percent of, of confidence from the party mm-hmm. which is which is very strong uh not as high as we've seen elsewhere but quite strong um he still enjoys well above majority leadership but it has gone to a decline i think we're down to 81 percent. that's right that's right that okay. was that was the final vote uh, so again not a not a not a huge decline but definitely a decline a slide for sure yep um but you know as we've talked about this before we've seen people receive confidence votes of 50 50 something percent 60 something percent uh one of those even forced jason kenny to step down if you recall as, mm-hmm. as premier of alberta so uh 81 percent is still 
going to be considered a pretty strong mandate, and I don't think we're going to hear a lot of leadership. I think the uh, the wind are, is still in his sails. Whether or not it's uh, blowing briskly, the wind uh, continues to yes. be uh, support for Jagmeet Singh <laughs> inside the party. Michelle, let's turn to something different, and this is starting to pop up a little bit across uh, news sources, I think driven a lot by uh, your colleagues and some work that you're doing. Tomor mm. Tomorrow marks the five-year anniversary of recreational cannabis legalization in Canada, and there are some different angles being explored five years on it seems there that your are. colleagues now michelle i don't know if this is formal or informal but it seems that your colleagues at cp are doing a series over the course of the last couple of days what are the areas of focus so it is formal and i need to pause and dave humor me here please and just give a shout out to the the brains behind this series is tara deschamps she has been our business uh, reporter on on the cannabis industry since legalization and even a little bit before and the institutional knowledge she brings to this file is really coming out in this four-part series that we've been running um and it it's really in-depth it's a fantastic series there's so many nuances because the industry in short isn't chaos. Legalization has been an extremely mixed story. Um, many would argue more failures than successes. Uh, that said, there are other elements to explore. So Tara has taken a look at a few different aspects. Uh, today, for instance, the story is looking at all the regulation, all the regulatory issues that have come up because that's a very complex issue. Um, the ways that those things have had to change over the five-year legalization point. Uh, she had a really interesting look at the retail landscape yesterday with mm -hmm. great stories, mm -hmm. very, very colorful quotes. Um, and it, she, she has a big, she had a big overview piece kind of setting up the whole series. Um, it, it's a really great comprehensive look at things because the, the, the situation is so nuanced and so different by jurisdiction that there was no way a, a single wrap-up piece would have been enough. It would have turned into a total novel. So yeah. uh, this is how she opted to take a look at to do a bit of a retrospective on how things have gone. It's It's been really interesting over the course of the last five years because a lot of people rushed into the space. There were some companies that were already uh, producers that were already established because of the medicinal legalization that had occurred for you know a decade or so previously. But there were a lot of producers who rushed into the space. They ran into the regulatory framework and then they also yep. ran into the distribution framework. Oh gosh, we can produce this stuff, but where's it going to go how do we market it how does any of this stuff happen and then you're right there's the retail conversation a lot of people rushed into that space hey you know what people are going to want to buy a bunch of cannabis but you know what provinces yeah. are going to do they're going to make it very difficult for us to figure out what exactly our retail framework is and then you, like you said michelle there's the regulatory and consumer side there are cons like there are people on the consumer side who are saying this is okay this is fine but we would like less regulation on our products because the the black market is still a place where people people can go. In Quebec, for example, Michelle, people can't buy edibles. Like like in Quebec, you still, cannot eh? buy edibles. You have to, wow. and you're not supposed to cross the border into Ontario to do it. But people are making trips to Kingston or Cornwall or uh, sure. from Gatineau to Ottawa to go get edibles because Quebec is not allowing it. So there remains and there's, a sort and there's the mail there's the mail order black market too, right? And there is so the, many ways around that one. Yeah. So 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 what's happened here is there's there's still like kind of this jurisdictional mess going on. And there's a lot of companies uh, like for example um uh the, the big company in uh, Tweed Ontario uh, whose name is uh, eluding me Canopy. No, uh, Canopy, Canopy Growth Corps under yep. the brand Tweed uh, based in Smith Falls who was a leader in the space and their stock now trades at like $2. It was up to like 120 $20 during yeah. the pandemic. So like there's been a lot of instability. Opened, 
crazy. And I'm glad you mentioned those numbers because that's really one of the things that have jumped out at me as I was as I've been reading Tara's work. Because yeah, Canopy and another one of its rivals, Tilray, one of those companies opened a trading at 195 bucks a share. And you're right. Now some of them are even below a dollar, uh, according to Tara. Uh, another crazy one is the the price decrease. The fact that the black market is still thriving is, of course, a huge concern for the legal market, and it has led to a massive collapse in prices. Yeah, I was reading that um, dried flour that would have sold for a bit of over eleven seventy five an ounce in twenty nineteen is now going for like three four bucks an ounce. Uh, Graham, so, Graham, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what yeah, stores no, no, up no, for no, those yeah, deals. That's, that's a real yeah. <laughs> Black Friday comes really early in the store. Anyway, <laughs> yes, you're right, Graham. My, my apologies. Um, but yeah, like the the the, in a, the 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 profit margins are gone. The 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 legal businesses have no way to make make any money. Having to compete on price is is impossible at the moment, and mm-hmm. uh, that's another concern that Tara explores. So, so many issues that she gets into. But if you have any kind of interest in the state of Canada's cannabis legalization efforts. And, and and the state of the industry and the market right now, it's definitely worth a read. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Tomorrow, Mark, in the five-year anniversary. It's amazing. That's right, uh, if you can believe goes. it. Uh, speaking of uh, the sands of time continuing to uh, fall, uh, Michelle, United, mm-hmm. ba- United States Best Buy locations, you know, the big electronic store, are going sure to do. stop selling Blu-rays and DVDs starting next year. Michelle, I don't really have Wait, a new... Wait, they were still selling those? I, look, that's, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair observation. <laughs> I don't really have an exercise in journalism question for you. Just simply put, stories like this make me feel old. I still remember when DVDs were like the new hip thing. I was working oh, yeah. at a, I was working at a video store when VHS was still king. I feel old. How does a story like this make you feel? Oh, positively ancient. I'm with you. I remember when DVDs were all the rage, and and I remember when. There was a format war between Blu-ray and, and the competitor. I don't remember any H- longer. H- but then... HD DVD. Oh, my God. Thank you. It, and, so this was an open question at one point as to which one of these formats would take over. And I remember that. So, yes, all these things made me feel about as old as the text I recently got from my brother that said, Will Smith is now older than Uncle Phil. You're welcome. Oh, come on. Now right. we're making Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Sands of Times jokes. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> all these things concerned <sighs> me feel geriatric well all all i know is my collection of dvds and blu-rays will continue to gather uh dust on my shelf because you never know when you need a physical copy of the usual suspects to watch because some streamer uh took it off their service michelle (laughs) michelle thank you for this have a great day you too dave take care that's michelle mcquig weekend news editor at the canadian press coming up after the break it's national disability employment month denis boudreau will discuss inclusive hiring practices this is now with dave brown on ami tv Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.